Welcome to the Founders Conversation with Insight Now. You can watch these conversations live on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, I love it. Right now. Bam. Bam. Hey, Chris. Peter. Good to see you, Mark. Good to see you. How's how's it in the Northern Hemisphere? (laughs) Well, our toilets flush properly, and... I don't know why I keep talking about how the how the water spins, but it just it's amusing to me. It's fascinating. Um, when, you, when for me, when you when I look at it, it goes clockwise, which is you know how the clock ticks around, all that sort of stuff, which, which uh-huh. would be normal. I think uh-huh. that's how heaven. Yeah. I think that's how it happens in heaven. Wow, <laughs> on Earth, yeah. in the in south. Heaven. Yeah, in so southern I hemisphere. Think what happens in the southern hemisphere is much more closely aligned with heaven than <laughs> we in the if we got to deal with plumbing in heaven, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if that's really heaven. Okay. <laughs> no, you don't have to deal with heaven. It's just the it's just the cycle, you know. Just you know that that cycling um, motion. That, that's why you know in in Australia, hurricanes are called cyclones because they they are they go in that in that particular correct cycle. That's crazy. That's crazy. I'll never, so I'll never fully understand it, but I, I, I give you kudos for being able to tolerate it. The, well, you uh, know, it's, it's anti, you're anti, <laughs> anti. That's the Northern Hemisphere, just so anti some of those sorts okay. of things. <laughs> well, that's not, that's not a lie right now at all. There's a lot of anti everything happening. Anyway, we should be talking about unity and we should be talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sorry. That was this I, I think the Smack, Smack talking is one of the fruit of the spirit, I think. Well, <laughs> yeah. Let's don't get personal. We're just going to talk about how your water turns. Um, the, <laughs> the, uh, um, yeah, up here, we're, you know, in, in, America, it's a little crazy. We got a inauguration tomorrow, and people who are on the right side of the aisle are are uh, some people are holding out hope for something. Some people are depressed. Um, other people, of course, are uh, on the left are excited, and you know who knows uh, what's going to happen. I just know you know Jesus is still King, and um, he's the King over all the other things. So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of days. Um, but that's America's, you know, in a funky spot right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We well, call the fast. We call the fast at the church for three days. And and um, and so I'm going to be jetting out of this meeting a little early because we've got a gathering happening. So, so you're going to be going to, fast. You're going to be going fast. Out of I'm going to be fasting quickly. And then yeah. – um, um, uh, we're, we just felt like it was time for us to pray for the nation, get together and refocus our eyes on Jesus a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I, I got going on. How are you doing, Peter? Good. Uh, we had a great church service on Sunday, just so enjoyed it on, uh, many levels and great seeing everyone. So that was good. We, big news in Ohio was the Cleveland Browns lost. Um, you know, it's, a uh, it's been a rare occurrence in the last 20 years that the Cleveland Browns would play in the playoffs. And so What's the fact that? That, <laughs> football, 
<laughs> oh, that's that's the game where the foot doesn't ch touch the ball. Is not that right? often. It does. Not often. <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, "Who? Goodness. The Browns? Who? Who? That's, yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that's, well, <laughs> they made the Blues in the playoffs. What? Yeah, they're doing better than they used to do. So you know, we're thankful. We're thankful <laughs> and hopeful for more too in the future. Well, I'm glad you understand the game because I have no idea. <laughs> I remember last year when you were in, Mark, we're like, do you want to stay for the Super Bowl party? And you're like, nope. no. <laughs> I was dumbfounded at first. That you don't want to stay for a Super Bowl party? Nope. <laughs> it's like, I have enough difficulty trying to figure out what they're doing. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway. I'll get on the whiteboard here explain it to you sometime. X's and O's, baby. X's and O's. Oh, yeah. X's and O's. Yeah, as if I'm interested. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How are you doing, uh, Well, I'm doing pretty good. I think in heaven that we'll play Aussie rules. Um, football. That's cool. And uh, cool. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm, you know, sort of wanting to get moving and get um, – or traveling um, again, but that's not going to happen possibly this year. So that's even, mm. a, you know, even, uh, but in the, in the midst of that, you know, like I'm telling everybody else, it's, it's looking okay. Father, what are you doing in, in the midst of this? What do you, you know, what do you want to mm. think? I've just been contemplating some things just recently. I think uh, that um, we all love answers. We all, and we want answers to things. Um, I, I don't think that's, um, you know, it's 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 really not so much the answer that you're getting as the question you're asking. Hmm. And I think a lot of people ask the wrong question. You don't haven't so learned what's the yeah. right question to ask. Yeah. And so I've been asking things, you know, a little bit like, you know, what what am I not seeing? You know, what am mm -hmm. I not understanding? You know, help me in that. Mm -hmm. Help me to see what you're doing in this and what you're wanting to achieve. Totally. Um, and I yeah. think that's an Im that really is an important thing uh, in all that's going on. Mm. Uh, and, and again, none of us realised that when we had ended into this decade, what it was going mm. to be, what it was going to be like. You know, it's a very oh. tumultuous and yeah. And, and this year will be, you know, um, along those same lines. Yeah. Um, uh, but the father's positioning us. He's, mm -hmm. he's getting us into position um, so that we are better um, able to, you know, experience what he will do and what he's, what he's in plan to do. So, you know, getting used to all of those sort of stuff, doing some, some changes in, in health, you know, you, you know, I've got to keep telling everybody um, that, um, you know, if you always do the same thing, you get the same result. You know, it's it's insanity to believe that if you just keep doing what you're doing, you're going to have a different result. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, having to change some mindsets on some things, and um, you know, and you know, I, I don't like routine so much, but you know, it's it's routine uh -huh. at the moment. So, uh, I think that's you know, the father's going to. The father is doing some things in that, so yeah, it's a long, long answer to short question, but good, doing okay, good, good. How about you, Chris? Oh yeah, I'm. I mean, like I said, we're 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 doing well. Um, oh, hello. 
Sunday was our 11th anniversary for Meek and Me. So that was wow. Yeah, wow. that was great. And um, just kind of piggybacking a little bit on what you were saying, Mark, I think that um, we all have, we actually all have routines. We're just not intentional about them. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we've got our, the place that we just kind of slide into and that's mm -hmm. just the way things go. And then we yeah. have to change that. That's intentional stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's hard, you know? Yeah. And I know that um, this year uh, there's more demand on, on that concept of personal discipline. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like that's a wisdom thing. Yep. That's being brought out is like, no, actually you can control yourself and you can control yep. all the things that you do and how you do it. And, and Lord, I know for me, he's taken me up to a higher level of like, actually you can do that. Could do, but let's do it together. And mm -hmm. so, you know, he's, he's growing me and some of that stuff too. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Peter, you got a, um, you, you're processing some stuff earlier. We were all processing some stuff, but yeah, to hear kind of what you were thinking there and have you kind of kick it off and don't forget, I may just disappear. I'll wave. That's good. Um, were you thinking of the Melchizedek thing, Chris, or are you yeah. thinking of the, the other thing? I'll go with Melchizedek. Well, why don't you pray about it real quick and figure out which one you should do? <laughs> um. Well, uh, let's go, let's stay on the wisdom thing for just a second with this cause and effect deal uh -huh. that we were talking about. You know, Mark's been saying that there's something of a, of a cause and effect separation. Disconnect dis between cause and effect. Yeah. Mm. And probably about four months ago, I felt like the Lord was showing me that's really coming from lawlessness. Somehow lawlessness disconnects cause mm -hmm. and effect. It's, it's like this idea of like, if I get a ticket for speeding 10 miles an hour over the speed limit and I can either take responsibility for that or I can have this thought of like, how dare they give me it? Oh, I can't believe they gave me a ticket. Sure. And that that sort of thought that says, I can't believe they gave me a ticket for going 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. Now, I might have wished I didn't get a thought. I might have wished I didn't get a ticket. But to actually say, you know, I, I can't believe they did they did that is actually lawlessness. There's something where it disconnects cause and effect, um, you know, in my own head. And that produces a lot of downstream effects. It can lead me into a place of delusion almost where I just I don't have cause and effect married in my thinking anymore. And so uh, we were just talking about that. And what the Lord had shown me about four months ago about that is when Jesus said, because of um, because lawlessness would increase, the love of many would grow cold. Right. And I believe that the Lord was showing me that there's something about fatherlessness that produces lawlessness. When the love of the father is not pervasive in society, it causes uh, sons and daughters to rebel against the correction that fathers, the chastening of the father. And now they, they, there's a disconnect that starts happening in society between cause and effect because the love has grown, grown cold. So um, I think that there's something significant about what's Mark saying about that disconnect between cause and effect. I think um, <clears throat> the biblical um, or heaven's perspective on maturity um, mm -hmm. is, is comes into line. That what I mean by that is, if as long as you are immature and you stay immature, so you're an immature son 
or you're just immature, um, then you are, um, are, are more likely to rebel, uh, more likely to see um, the the file to see the connect between cause and effect. Yeah, that's yeah. why that's why Jesus, that's why the, the scripture says, you know, um, don't mock God uh, for whatever mm. you sow is what you reap. Mm. You know, so so therefore, there's the cause and effect, sowing and mm -hmm. reaping. That's connection. Mm -hmm. So when you don't see that, you're actually mocking God. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're in a place of mocking, yeah. which is the rebellious Ooh. part of it. That's so good. that when that when the scripture was talking about, you know, by now you should be on meat, uh, and you should be actually professors or instructors or teachers, mm. um, you're still um, in elementary or less than. Yeah. Uh, of of that and having yeah. to be taught and having to be fed on milk because you've not grown up yeah. this really is the season that we're in at the moment for at least this next two years will be a maturing season will be actually a maturing time when people are having to grow up and having to reconnect and, and mm. part of what's taken place if i just take one area and i i'm not being critical of this particular field but for a long time, we've been people have been conditioned in the area of health and medicine um, by simply just treating the symptoms. Mm -hmm. And so, when when you have this disconnect between the symptom oh. and that there's a cause, mm -hmm. you just focus on the symptom. What happens is that you get wrong questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, right? Yeah. Your questions. Uh, you are on the symptom and I'm fixing yeah. the symptom. What happens is that you build a machine or build some sort of process to fix the symptom. You're not actually doing anything of great significance because you're not fixing the cause. Mm. So if you've just got something that's just okaying the symptoms, um, then more than likely well, you are actually creating more problems. Um, can, I, can we go down this path maybe just on a I'm going to take yep. a, maybe a little bit of an elbow on it. Yeah. Yep. Um, because one of the things in the medical profession, you know, my father is a doctor and I'm married one. And, you know, one of the things that um, I think often is the case is that you can see the cause and you can tell someone, here's what you need to do to fix that. And they mm -hmm. go, I don't want to do that. Hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to do the thing that mm -hmm. I don't want to change my diet. I don't want to have to change how much sugar I take in. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to, you know, so I feel like there, that disconnect is almost self-forced at times. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, the disconnect is because we're unwilling to change. Um, I, I, and I, I can't speak for Mika's practice in whole, but I know that all, as a naturopath, almost everything she deals with is cause issues, causation, yep. mm -hmm. right? Yep. And the number one thing she has to coach people on is how to get a new habit, how to change lifestyle. Mm -hmm. you know, because, because if you can't do that, it's not going to stick. Mm. Well, one of the signs of immaturity or one of the expressions of immaturity is lack of personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. True. Right? So it's people <laughs> totally. who don't take responsibility. Yeah. And and of course, therefore, you then bring in victimized sort of thing. It's everybody yeah. else's fault. It's not me. It's, you know, I'm on the right. wrong medication, all that right. sort of thing. Right. So responsibility primarily mm -hmm. is your response to his ability. So good. Right. 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 And so therefore, right. you you are mature because the mature sons of God are led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. 
mm -hmm. right? The, the mature children of God, the mature people are people who, who take responsibility. They are, they are knowing that, that in doing that, they, they release the ability of God to come into a situation mm. by acknowledging that it's something that needs to be fixed. Mm right something that needs yeah. to be placed and then you there begin yeah. to partner with god but you see one of the tricks of the enemy is to keep people denying that there's an issue or a problem mm. because therefore then they they can't come the help that's needed on on, on that and therefore there arises the the mm. disconnection between this yeah. is the cause and this is the problem and we just yeah. focus on yeah. the problem um which is the symptom and we just focus on the symptom you've got to go I'm out. See you guys. Everybody. And I look forward to okay. watching the rest of this conversation. Yeah. Uh, everybody yeah. online, bless you. Lord, keep you. you. Have a great day. Amen. Right. Have a good get gather. Okay. Mark, as you're talking, it, it reminds me of Hebrews 12. And have you forgotten this exhortation which, which speaks to you as sons? Mm -hmm. It says, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be yep. discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For the Lord loves whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. And if you, and you know, so it just keeps on going there. And there's something significant about um, chastening, like you're saying, like when that correction comes and where we can acknowledge, hey, mm -hmm. there's a problem here. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times we can, you know, Paul says to check yourself to see if you're in the faith. You know, sometimes we can just check ourselves and we know that. And, Yep. You know, where sometimes you're like, oh, oh, in the flesh, hold on one second here. You know, let me let me get my head straight before I say anything else. And, um, you know, I think for, for mature believers, that might be 90 percent of the equation. But there's still that 10 percent of the time that you need someone else to be fatherly with you and say, yep. hey, about that. Do you see that? Yeah. Do, do you notice uh, every time that we move um, eras? And we move yeah. into different uh, different areas. There always comes an opposition to it, or some underlying things that try and separate this. So we've mm -hmm. talked about the fact that we've been in the information age. Yes, and, and we are um, now in the wisdom age. It doesn't mean to say information is not there. It's it's an and. Yes. So yeah. the information age was all about information. It was you know teaching. Yeah. Uh, you know knowledge it was knowledge yeah. knowledge based yeah um very very important and uh, and great um but what what we're stepping into is the application of that knowledge come on um and so there's a lot more books being written and people talking about on on how to do you know there's podcasts there's webinars there's all sorts of things um that that have arisen which is about the wisdom it's mm. about in the wisdom yes. age that that we're at yeah. and so what's happened is um that real attack on the disconnection so that people don't get a connection between that that information age and the wisdom age mm. um and lawlessness and rebellion and all sorts of things mm -hmm. are connected in with all of that failing to take responsibility focuses on that because um it's it's a major move forward um and it's a, yes. it's a positioning time yeah and so that when we make the connection when we mm -hmm. realize what's going on um what happens is that that's that's what light is but we're light mm -hmm. uh to darkness so that mm -hmm. when 
we people talk about oh the light goes on the light went on yeah. in me you know i got this yeah. understanding well that's what we're meant to do when we start to call for something for what it is when we start to highlight what the enemies are we remove the power of that to operate because mm. we mm -hmm. have authority yes and so that when we start to say oh now i know what's going on this disconnect you know I, i'm not going to partner with that i i, mm. I expose it for what it is yeah and so you start looking for connections you start looking for how this how this connects or how your yes. behavior is or you're looking at your health and just saying okay what am i doing that mm. influences that you know um and and so that when you when you when you when you're participating with connection um that that's what i think the apostolic age is all about too mm. is the apostolic age is about connection mm. and so they are um they're very simple words but the reality is um that um simple is profound um you've been saying complex that. complex is confusing yeah um you know and and i and so often the solutions are very simple yes to complex issues to com compounding complex sort of stuff um Ooh. and so um that's where the father wants us to realize that there's a, there's simple answers available mm. now what we've been taught is that simple is dumb yeah simple is 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 stupid you know it's like and and you see it in, in the world around about us that mm. to to resolve this this problem here there becomes a 500 page manual yep. um, to be able to solve this sort of thing and when if you could just distill it all down to one line and make yep. it simplistic about it then you'd probably have but people get so so caught up in complexity yeah and to become confused and they even forget what's the problem um you know and and governments have that sort of thing and they don't realize that um um you know what what results out of that can, can i just give you a quick illustration of yeah. that i read this i read this only yesterday and I, I hope i can make the connection um what i what i understood is that in india at the time of the british the british empire um the british were really um uh totally scared of the venomous cobra snakes mm -hmm. so they they did what most people would they put a bounty on it Mm -hmm. And so what happens is that people would bring the dead snakes in and they would get money and, and, and they reduce the population of the snakes quite dramatically. But then what happened is that people started to see that the, that the, the money, the provision of the money was going out. So they started to breed the snakes <laughs> so that they would have an endless supply. But what <laughs> happened is that the British um, got into a place where they realized what was going on and they axed the bounty. Then what happened was that they released the snakes then because they didn't have any value to them, and the population of snakes was twice that than where they started. Ooh, wow, that is crazy. So you can you see the the lack of of a thought out? You know, mm -hmm. somebody yeah. saw the symptom, they they gave an answer to it, but nobody asked the question the proper question which yeah. jesus was really 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 good at doing that's amazing like, what yeah. do you want me to do you know who do men say that i am yeah you, you know he was very very good at asking the question was the right question and i think that's the that's the thing that's really important so you know you we i keep feeling this theme of questions and asking the right questions and 
there is a minister I listened to years ago, I can't remember who it was, who said that he noticed that one of the most significant indicators of a change in season, a transition point in his life, a promotion in his life, uh -huh. Uh -huh. was the Holy Spirit asking, the Holy yeah. Spirit encouraging him to ask new types of questions. So when yeah. he found himself, he couldn't transition quite, he knew he was supposed to be transitioning to something, he couldn't quite get there. He learned yeah. that that's the time that he asked the Lord, what are the questions I should be asking or could be asking that I haven't yeah. learned to ask yet? Yes. And that's so significant because if Matthew 7 says, ask and you will find, you know, ask and it'll be given to you, seek and you'll find, you know, if we're asking not the right mm -hmm. questions yet, we're not going to find the right things yet. And um, sometimes there's shades of questions. And I've been very interested recently in sort of, um, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he in sort of philosophies, um, uh -huh. or theologies, et cetera. And I, I really don't typically interest myself in theologies or anything like that or philosophies. Really, I just study the word and enjoy knowing God, you know. And But sometimes it's helpful because it helps us to start to recognize like a type of thinking. And when you're talking, Mark, about the, the sorts of questions that we're asking and, we're in, you know, sometimes the most profound answers are the ones that are simple. Mm -hmm. What comes to mind is that there is a fundamental idea in the world right now that complexity is the solution. And that is coming actually from um, Darwinian thoughts on evolution. There's mm -hmm. this sort of sentiment that started just a few hundred years ago that things are, things are evolving, advancing, and becoming more complex. And that therefore that's become our idea that, that mm -hmm. hey, that's how things get better. But historically the sentiment was, no, you don't need to add to stuff to make it better. Typically you need to cut away some things to get it back sure. to the simplicity and the purity of the thing. Sure. And if you could get back to the simplicity and the purity of thing from the basis that what God has created is good, um, mm -hmm. including his word, now what you'll find is you'll find these beautifully elegant, simple solutions. It's not that God, what God started with wasn't complete, it's that yep. we deviated from it. And so I think that there's something significant about that mindset because there's one type of question that every time I'm trying to find the new thing, I'm thinking what needs to be added? But you're saying in this era, Mark, it's almost like we need to think about a different type of question, which says, could it be just some things need to be subtracted? Yep. Well, I read this the other day, um, having the right answer is smart. Mm-hmm. Having the right question is genius. Come on. Um, and the management consultant or management guru, Peter Drucker, said this, most serious mistakes are not being made as a result of wrong answers. Right? Most serious Ooh. mistakes are not being made as a result of wrong answers. The truly dangerous thing is asking the wrong question. Because mm -hmm. when you ask a question that's wrong, based yeah. upon certain thing. Therefore, the answer becomes not the answer that you're really looking for. Wow. So, um, you know, what, what, I, what I see um, mm -hmm. in, the, in the world is that um, a really a need for us to um, um, answer um, is, is to ask questions. Um, and, and like you just said, you know, previously, I've noticed that that when I'm heading into a new season, my, my questions are going to be different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think that when we are, when we're asking, you know, for instance, we're asking the Holy Spirit, you know, what is it that I can't see? Yeah. What is it that I'm, you know, that, that, that I think comes from a more confident person. Mm -hmm. um, that comes from a person who understands who they are 
and yeah. they're saying I, I must be missing something here not because there's yeah. a problem but in in a in a place of of asking you know what is i mean i mentioned mm. i mentioned this before um you know uh, shoes that don't fit are not a bargain at any price that's it you know um, and a good idea that can't be executed is a bad idea yeah so yeah. that's that linking what we're talking about is mm. that information by itself um is it's it's a it's okay but if there's not a if there's not an application if there's not mm. a a way to and and often you find the application by asking the right question yeah yeah you know you, you you're and and again we see that jesus was the absolute master of course he was the master but he was he was he was so good at doing that asking um, the right question or not answering the wrong question or yeah. answering the wrong question in a way that leads people well, towards the right question well look in the wilderness in the wilderness the enemy comes to him and says if you are the son of god mm -hmm. then turn these rocks into bread now jesus didn't say well let me tell you i'm i am the son of god mm -hmm. right he didn't he didn't enter into that because he didn't he didn't want to validate even what he said he just totally mm -hmm. ignored it yeah and he he made another statement mm -hmm. which was actually um, um, questions that are contained in it that you can go off on that. Yes, you know it's the same thing when he he was teaching us the he was teaching the disciples to pray. Hmm. You know he he was establishing some some you know and what I notice with good questions is that good questions actually um, become releasing and actually take you into yep. some amazing sorts of places of answers. Ooh. Um, but questions that are really based on um, uh, more um, victimized thinking, you know, that's yeah. why, why mm. asking God, why, why didn't this happen? Why didn't that take place? Why never gets answered. Wow. God will never answer that because what that is, it's putting me in a place of a victim and saying, why didn't you perform mm. like I expected you to perform? Mm. Why didn't you do what that I wanted you to do? Why, why? it happened and it he just stays silent on it because he said well i'm not going to speak to you when you're operating in a victimized place because you are being less than who you are mm. you are taking on something that's not yours by mm. positioning yourself into a place why didn't you perform for me yeah and so what we see is is what happened at pentecost when it's chaos it's absolutely chaotic and they didn't ask you know what's you know why why is this happening they yeah. asked the question okay so what does this mean and what's my response what what must yeah. i do and yeah. that's the question that gets answered when you yeah. say okay can you give me insight what's happening here yeah and then can you tell me what i must okay. do now that's a mature that's a mature behavior mm. when that you can when you can ask that's they are the right question to ask yeah yeah, that's like okay. Can you give me insight? Can you help me to understand what's happening here? And can you tell me what I need to do? What's my part in this? What 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 things do I need to partner with you on? Um, wow. And and that that's the that's the best question um, to ask because it positions you in your right standing. Yes. And it's very respectful of, of to of 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 the part that the father plays that heaven plays with it mm. 
you know, I'm, I'm realizing here we're talking about questions and there's some themes that have already been developing just to echo these back and capture them. The one is the sort of question that starts to simplify things. You know, the, you know, so what about asking questions that actually find simplicity instead of complexity, you know? Yes. And the other one that you're saying is, what about the type of questions that produce action, you know, that have an avenue for action associated with them? So they're not questions that are dead end, theoretical, woe is me, victimized questions. These are questions that are saying, I'm a powerful person. God's giving me choices. What's it look like for me to be able to make a better choice based on having some insight from a question? And the third that I'd bring up is another similar type lens. And it's kind of, we talked about it last time a little bit, but the, the difference between fear and faith, you know, questions that give me an opportunity to be perceptive about gain that can happen yeah. as opposed to questions that are more so rooted in what I might lose. And, um, you know, so there's, there's something, um, there's something about that. So I, um, I have a story at church this Sunday during worship. Um, it was just great. And I kind of went into a bit of a vision in my mind's eye of heaven. And here Jesus was as like the lion of the tribe of Judah pacing back and forth. And I wouldn't say he, he wasn't frantic, but it was earnest, like this earnest pacing. And it's like the body of Christ was out here and and it's like he was earnest, pacing back and forth. And it reminded me of that verse that the enemy, you know, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And and as I had that thought, I'm like, how is this different? And the Lord says, I'm not seeking whom I may devour, of course, but I'm seeking whom I may empower. Yeah. And, and I felt like Jesus was saying, I'm seeking whom I may empower. And I had this picture of him roaring over the body of Christ because with this empowering roar and all of his enemies falling and the, and you know, the sons and daughters of God standing there, you know, stunned mm -hmm. by it, but at the same time still standing. And I feel like there's questions that we can ask that, that see, that see ourselves as sons and daughters of the lion of the tribe of Judah, that, you know, the righteous are as bold as a lion kind of thing. And that are out of that place of courage, like we were talking last time and say, what would it, what are the questions I could ask that presume that things could go well? What are the questions I could ask that say, but what if that land is flowing with milk and honey? And what if God's word is really true? And what if, you know, da, 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 as opposed to the questions that say, okay, so if that doesn't go right, what might we have? And if this doesn't, what might be my contingency plan? And yep. so I feel like there's some questions that are to simplify, like the lens of simplifying, I think can provide some, some impact on our questioning. The lens of actionable can provide some impact. And this lens, lens of sort of faith, as opposed yep. to fear, gain, as opposed to loss, I think can also be really a helpful lens as we think about asking the improved questions for the upgraded season. Well, I think it's really important what you're talking about lens and in, in fact a filter. I mean, we we all see we all yep. see things through an accent. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I mean, I don't have an accent. I mean, you do, but mm -hmm. I don't have an accent. Yeah. Um, a, a a good friend of mine, uh, he and his wife were in Fiji some years ago, and um, while they were there, they were visiting some place or some house, and um, <clears throat> the the lady of the house brought to uh, his, his wife um, um, uh, some a drink and she yeah. was drinking this and absolutely enjoying it. So she says to the lady, um, to the householder, um, uh, where can I get this tea? I want to take it back to America with me. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just really, really delightful. And she, and she said, well, it's, it's, it's lemon tea. And, and so she said, well, you're not understanding. Where, where do I get it? Where, where mm -hmm. do I get this, this tea, you know, to, to take back home? She said, well, it's lemon tea. She says, no, you're not understanding. I want to take back mm -hmm. to America 
this tea so that I can share it with my friends. She said, it's lemon tea. She said, but you don't understand. And this woman walked across, got her hand, took her outside to a lemon tree, picked off a leaf and brought it back in, put it in some water and put some boiling water and made lemon tea. So what you have was um, a person looking at it and looking at it from the lens of a more complex, you know, it must be yeah. some product yes. and all of this yeah. sort of stuff. And that this woman's just saying it's just lemon tea, you know, I just yeah. pick a leaf off and just pour water on it. And she can't um, figure out how to make it more complex for her. She, so she can't see how to make it because it's very simple. But she's looking through the complexity of, of you know, products and, you know, yeah. all of those sorts of things. Where must you have got this from? And, um, you know, amazing um things that happen for them through through that understanding that concept um i was driving from um a place in texas to, to towards mm -hmm. dallas and the lord started to speak to me about complexity mm -hmm. um and and um about simplicity and and so often what complexity does um it takes you into um into an environment uh, and i'm not saying things aren't complex but i'm mm -hmm. saying when you focus upon complexity you lose sight mm -hmm. of the of the of the major thing the main thing you lose sight yeah. of the main thing and you get so confused and and what we know is that god is not a god of confusion yes but the enemy yes. is yes yes and so um if if the enemy can confuse us with a lot of things going on yeah. rather than go back to the main thing. And I think that's what Jesus was really, really good at doing, come back to the main thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've talked about is one of the principles of interpretation of Scripture yeah. Yeah. Is, is the first thing. You come back to when was this first brought into place? When was this you know, put into place? Which I think is the simplistic, simple areas. Yeah. I mean, I would say to you that some of your consulting in the educational arena um, it's often been the most effective when it's a simple concept. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it becomes the most profound. And people are saying, why don't we understand that? Because we're really good. You know, what, one yep. thing that I notice is that movements of, of churches of people that were birthed in an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. where they discovered tongues and interpret, you know, tongues, interpretation and prayer language, all of those sorts of things, the power of God. Yeah. often are now in a place where that's not even a highlight to them anymore because mm. they've moved on, because yeah. they have stepped into the thinking that we have become no use to that anymore. That's where dispensational views come because, well, that was important to birth the church, but it's not a, not for today. Mm. That That's that same concept that we've moved on from it. And we, we have to have more more grown up things yeah. more complex yeah you know we become we become more sophisticated yeah um that than than that yeah but what simplicity does is brings us into true humility mm, come on we're we're into a, a place of of the of the humility um because what complexity tends to do is take us into pride Yes, it's so interesting, Mark. If you think about Paul in Philippians 3, where he's saying, I count all these things lost, you know, for the sake of knowing Christ. And, you know, I had all these righteous things. I had all, you know, yeah. I, I had my badges. I had my trophies on the shelf and badges on the wall. And I was a Hebrew of Hebrews and a Pharisee of Pharisees and, you know, all yep. these things. And here, what he's saying is, I count all things lost. For this. So, so he's taking that humility place that says, let me just, let me edit things out. 
and just let it be totally based on Christ's work because there's a tendency where we want to add to it. We want yeah. to have our part because, you know, where's boasting then? If, if, yeah. if it doesn't have anything to do with us, if we haven't added anything to the solution, then we don't have anything to boast about. Um, but if we know who we are, then we're fine with not having anything to boast about. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, a uh, well, let's actually, I want to see a couple, this comment here I felt like we should read. Yep. So great, Mark. I had someone encourage me to ask why about something I had never asked before. It changed my whole, or it's changing my whole outlook and perspective. Mm. It reminds me of um, probably right around when I first met you, Mark, probably about 11 years ago, one night, I was, we were just married and I was getting ready for bed and I felt like I probably had like an angel visit me or something like that. Or, you know, it was one of those type encounters, but I didn't realize that at the time and just very strongly had this impression of a phrase that said, what do you want to learn about? And it was like, wow. You know, so I'm thinking this is like Solomon, you know, you get one shot, like pick well, like, you know, I'm like, okay. Like, and so I went two years and didn't answer the question. And finally, out of almost attrition, I realized God wasn't asking me what's the one thing I want to learn about. He was giving me an open invitation. And since then, I've exercised that invitation. And it's really like a Proverbs 25 two thing that I know you love so much. You know, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. And so I just love what Kathy's talking about, you know, where it's like we are allowed to search some things out with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think... um connection is is a is a pretty big thing you know we started you know talking about this you know the the connection the cause and effect um thing it's the information application connections mm-hmm. making yeah. those sorts of connections um and um <clears throat> you know it, you really do get um significant traction uh when you're partnering when when you're going in the same direction that the father's Yes, you know, wanting to go when you when you partner with the era, when you partner with what is what is doing, when you when you go back to the the almost the basics and you can simplify something, um, you know, it, it, there's a there's a lot of people who spend all of their days complicating things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I remember um, a, a story of um, Yongi Cho uh, who built. You know the largest church in the world, mm-hmm. and um, he had a, he was invited to a conference, and all of these pastors and people came, uh, paid good money to come to this conference, and um, they wanted to hear the secrets. You know what were the formula, because that's what a lot of people want to do is just give me the formula. Yeah. If I just have the formula, then I can do, yeah. you know what you what you've you done. It out right, and yeah. so um, yeah. so he, they're all there. Anticipation, you could feel anticipation in the room. He steps up to the uh, up to, on the podium and he looks at them and he says, hear and obey. Mm. And he goes and sits back mm. down again. Yes. And you, you could feel the, almost the air sucked out of the room of, mm. with disappointment that these people had paid, you know, significant money to hear this great man of God, this man who had achieved something that nobody else had done. Um, in the world and who had a formulas for them. And they yeah. were just so disappointed um, that all they got was three words out of him. Mm. Um, and just disappointment all around the room. You could feel it. And he's just sitting there watching them and their reaction. And so he stands up after some time and comes to them and says, ah, so you want me to complicate it? Mm. 
you know, and 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 so often mm. we want something that's complicated because mm. the simple is we've been trained that simple is dumb. Yeah, simple is 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 nothing. You know, it's got no substance to it. Yes, um, and that's why there are people who today are disregarding what Jesus said to some degree i mean i don't you know but they're, they're more inclined to spend time with what paul said mm -hmm. right rather than what jesus said or those that were with jesus mm -hmm. because it was it was so simple it, it, yet they missed the fact that it's incredibly profound yeah that when you actually take something that's simple and begin to meditate on it it just goes into you know su significant places mm. um now you know Paul was just wonderful at giving giving more more um, uh, more detail perhaps or some things, yeah. and so I'm not trying to create a division between the two of them. Yeah, but I'm just saying that that the nature of of the Father uh, is very much to cr communicate things that are that appear to be simple, but they are quite profound. Mm. Mm. You know, I mean, I've I've been in places where I've I've somebody's prophesied to me and they just had one word and they've come, they've come on. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. This is all I've got. That one world has been like an atomic bomb. You know, that's a perfect example, Mark, where we ask ourselves a certain type of question and we don't realize we've got a lens for the question we're asking. So here we are. I'm asking God for a word for someone and unbeknownst to me, I have a lens. I have a value system that is complex, profound, and deep equals a good <laughs> word. And so now if God gives me a one word word for someone, I'm apologizing to give it, not realizing God's like, I don't have that same lens. My lens is to love someone. My lens is to liberate someone. My lens is to empower someone, encourage someone, exhort someone, equip someone. And they might just need to hear a word like, and, you know, like you heard that one time. And it's like, oh my gosh. And, but we don't realize we put these lenses on things and so often, like we're talking about, we're in these season changes and God's saying, hey, 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 mm -hmm. what's the questions you're asking? I, I've been in a time in my earlier times of growing and I'll probably still do it sometimes, um, is that I'll have something for somebody and I'll, I'll think it's it's too short or too simple. And so uh -huh. I go on and I can feel myself stepping out yeah. of the grace, out of the yeah. anointing. It's yeah. just like, shut up, Mark. You know, you yeah. like. That's but, all it you know, I want to pat it out. I want to make it, you know, yeah. so that it's instead of just saying, hey, the Lord just said this, mm. you know, or, or, you know, the, the father's calling you into this. Mm. So I, I think I, I've learned and I'm far better at it. And I can tell it when some people are going on. It's like yeah, you, you just it. stepped out of your anointing yeah. Yeah. here. And, and a lot of that's just simply because, you know, I want to I want to pat it out. I want to bless you yeah. with more. And, you know all of those sorts, yeah, all of those it, sorts it, of things. Go ahead. I'm sorry, but you know, simple is is can be very proud. Mm -hmm. Sorry, simple uh, was the wrong word. Simple is 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 often very powerful. Yes, um, and don't believe the lie that you have to take something simple and make it complicated, and therefore it becomes worthwhile. It's not. It actually becomes more useless. Those are sage words. I love it. Yeah. You know, you, you said that before about um, my consulting, for instance, in education, and you consult as well. And um, 
in business in different spheres. And, and one of the things that I've noticed, for instance, in education, there's something called differentiation. In other words, getting different students, different sort of instruction at different times, you know, according to their need. And that is like the wild west, you know, it's like a 401 level teaching, you know, and, and often you really struggle to teach teachers about differentiation or support them. And over time, God made it more simple for me. He's like, you need asynchronous resources so teachers can be in multiple places at once effectively. And you need to, you need to have some way to know what different kids need, like some assessment. When I teach it that way, you need this and this. Which of that don't you have yet? Oh, I don't have this. Okay, well, let's work on this and then it should work. And it's amazing. Everyone's just like, oh, it's so easy now. This is so easy. And so instead of it being a textbook, instead of it being a long presentation I could give, it's just a 30 second teaching that lets people act on something and actually yep. start to find traction. That's what I, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about you, Peter. Um, and I think you're a good example of, of that. I mean, I know that you've got several degrees um, in arenas that, you know, like, you know, for me, sciences and those sorts of things are just too exacting. I like to be able to waffle a bit, yeah, you know, yeah, so, exactly. so you know, my expertise are, are more in a humanities type mm -hmm. that area, you know. Um, and um, um, but what I, I love about you is this uh, great ability that you have in effect to summarize or to actually pick out the salient parts mm. and to decomplicate things mm. to to bring it into a place that I think it's a really God-given gifting and anointing that you have to be able to um, to bring bring those salient parts or or to unwrap something or uncomplicate something. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I think that it's it's um, it, it's something that I've seen you grow in, and I think that you're very very good at doing it. That's why you can you can sum up a conversation mm -hmm. um, and just bring out the, the key points, which are more digestible for people, or probably yeah. even better, more actionable. Yeah, 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 um, actionable. And, and I wonder if that's something that you could feel that you could bring an impartation to the people that yeah. are listening. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, and um, you know, just to to release that that impartation. So whoever's online with us today, whoever's hearing, uh, if you wanted to to receive this, and there may be some other things that the Lord shows you. Yeah. Do you mind doing that? Yes, I would love to. And um, yeah, I'm just going to start to pray, and I might speak a little bit too. Uh, yeah. Well, that's very kind of you, Mark. Thank you, um, Father. Uh, right now in faith, everybody listening and those that will listen later, um, I do, uh, those that would want to receive, I do release an impartation for clarity of thought mm. in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I mm. pray that the, that the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart would be mm. um, pleasant to God and that mm. there would be clarity, there would be light, there would mm. uh, all confusion would leave. And I pray, Father, that that thing that you've placed in me that finds the it, it finds the it, that we yes. would all have the ability to find the it, what it is that you're saying, what it is that you're identifying, Lord, what it is that's the plumb line of, of, of it, the through line of it, the key of it. Mm. Uh, and I pray, Father, for the differentiation between descriptive and prescriptive thought. And I pray, Father, for the ability to start to find the thing that moves the needle. 
and I'm going to just um, share on that just briefly. There's something about descriptive and prescriptive thought that is so significant. And I believe God's really given me something about this that's become a plumb line or um, a reference frame for me. And for instance, John Wimber, as we both know, was a great man of God who saw, you know, more miracles than I've ever dreamt of, probably. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And yet he had this phrase that said, the kingdom is both now and not yet. Uh -huh. And that used to bug me. I'm like, John, like, that's bad. Like, that's not, I don't want to operate out of expecting the kingdom to be not yet. Jesus said the kingdom was at hand. So I, I grappled with that for some years. Like, how did John Wimber of all people say that? And then I realized he was being descriptive. It's descriptively true. If you pray for a bunch of people, you're going to see the kingdom now and you're going to see the kingdom not yet. But prescriptively, that if you take that same phrase from him and turn it into a prescription for your prayer life, it'll derail your, your faith because it's not meant prescriptively. Prescriptively, we say, I'm going to pray for everybody and <laughs> let the chips fall where they may and I'll let God sort that out and I'll just keep trying to, to walk in more faith. And so I think that there's something about being able to see, like you say, cause and effect and prescriptive mm -hmm. and descriptive thought. And I've become fascinated recently. I'm going to pray an impartation for this. For many years, I've been fascinated about Daniel Webster and the brilliance with which he wrote a dictionary. And the dictionary that he wrote was descriptive. But I believe in the, in the era of wisdom we're coming into, we're coming into a place of prescriptive dictionaries where the body of Christ is going to know how to prescribe the solution to what only before could be described in the form of knowledge. And so yes. since we say unity is not just people get along or all these descriptive words, we say unity is group humility. And now we have a prescription that says, oh, if I'm part of a group and I'm in humility, then I'm contributing to its unity. So how can I choose this action point of humility? Because the prescription the prescriptive definition for unity is something more like group humility. And so I just pray, Father, that 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 the wisdom for prescriptive understanding would come upon the body of Christ and everyone at the sound of my voice, and you would increase it for me too, that we'd have prescriptive mm -hmm. understanding. Yes. We would not start, stop at the description, but we would yes. find your prescription so that we yes. would know where the moving pieces are that cause you know, that, that caused this to equal that, that caused this yes. to equal that, et cetera. We would find the prescriptions in you, Holy Spirit. Yes. Yep. Hmm. Mm -mm -mm. Very good. Hmm. Yes. We'll receive that. You know, that's part of this. It's We've come full circle here. Boy, I feel the power of God. That's that questioning. You know, and when I felt that angel or, or whatever, Holy Spirit, come and ask me, what do you want to learn about? I believe that's an invitation to the entire body of Christ right now in the era of wisdom. Yeah, I, I think um, you've got something really there with the prescriptive and descriptive. I think that's one of the areas that has got the body of Christ in problems when they've taken something that was descriptive. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, you see um, how Paul described certain things yeah yeah uh, for the new testament church and yep. so what we've done is taken what he's describing as happening as therefore become prescriptive of what we must do yes and so that we've got locked into a structure or we've got locked into mm -hmm. a ways of doing some things that was really what worked for them because he he was describing what worked for them or what worked yeah. and so that we when we take something that was descriptive describing what was taking place and then making it mandatory or making mm -hmm. it prescriptive yeah this is the way that we do what we have is again a disconnect 
Yes, yes. Because what we're doing is we're taking things and we're applying it as if this is the nature of the Father when it's not his nature. Yes. Mm. And so mixing up, um, I think the wisdom comes when we we realize what's descriptive Mm -hmm. and what's prescriptive. Yeah, yeah. When really wisdom is to be able to tell the difference between those two. Yes, and to realize what this is describing, mm-hmm. and then what the and I think very much the extent of wisdom is going is coming, and the word of wisdom, mm. um, which is the, the a supernatural gift, which is a spiritual gift. Yes, word of wisdom is going to be able to give prescriptive, yes, solutions or prescriptive ways. Yes, which will be the solution. You know, and so yeah. I think you know very simplistically or very simple, mm-hmm. profound mm-hmm. Um, wisdom that will come, which will be prescriptive, mm. uh, which won't just come out of taking something that's descriptive and turning it into a place. Because I think that's where legalism uh, comes into that place. Yeah, um, and then what happens is that we become Ooh. then fodder for rebellion and lawlessness. Um, I think that's where we've got a lot of that happening is because people in the past uh, have taken descriptive things and made them prescriptive. Wow. And so it's it's actually going against the the intent of mm. what it was. Yes. Because they failed to understand mm-hmm. the distinction between those things and what it's, what it's producing as rebellion and lawlessness. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there's something, you know, having a form of godliness but denying its power. You know, it's it's the power yeah. to create. It's one of the yeah. things I love about God's word is that it actually has that creative power. So when we have the word of the Lord, it's inherently prescriptive. It goes yeah. like this, you know, and um, and I really believe there's something about the body of Christ stepping into a season. We were talking ahead of time where um you know, Justin Allen, who's a who's a prophet affiliated with Randy Clark, I think, has this phrase recently where he's saying we need to know our times and seasons. And he's saying, you know, John the Baptist prophesied as a prophet and he lost his head. Um, now, he did what he was supposed to do, but he lost his head. And Joseph prophesied as a prophet and he got that bread is what Justin said. So, you know, you can either lose your head or get that bread. And he said, we need to understand the times and seasons that we're in and yep. what it is that God's calling us to. I personally believe that part of the fruit of the knowledge era was that the church had a strong prioritization on teaching and doctrine. Now, obviously, we both know teaching is so powerful and doctrine is so empowering when it's good and teachers are part of the fivefold ministry. It's essential. But um, what we therefore innately, um, the teachers, though, were never meant to lead the body of Christ by themselves, just like prophets aren't meant to lead the body of Christ by themselves, nor apostles or whatever. No apostles. And so what what happens is, yeah, nor pastors. So what's happened is that when the teachers lead the body of Christ, there's something that is communicated that wasn't meant to be communicated. And that is that our the thing that we export in the body of Christ is doctrine. And so now if what I export is doctrine, the logical conclusion is, is that I'm going to serve people in the world by telling them what's wrong and what's right. Well, how's that going for us? And that's the John the Baptist sort of era in the sense of, you know, and I think in this era, some of that is going to lose its head. But Joseph, on the other hand, served a wicked king with the love of God to the point that Genesis actually says that Joseph says, I became a father to Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. I became a father to Pharaoh. And I think that there's something about understanding 
that we're we're stepping into a season where we're going to be able to serve the world. Mm-hmm. And you know, part of the, part of it is it being able to ask the right questions and have simple solutions. You know, because um, you know, a man's gift makes way for him and brings him before the presence of the great. And there's there's something about a man of excellence will not be before mm-hmm. you know unknown people. He will be brought or she will be brought before before the kings. And you know, when you have solutions that work, it's amazing the access that you have. I think it's I think it's one of the greatest crimes is to take something that's living and active like the word of God oh. and and cause it to become dead. Wow. I have that would have to be one of the greatest so greatest crime. And I think what 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 you're describing, what we're describing here is that when you take something that was descriptive mm-hmm. and turn it into prescriptive, prescriptive <laughs> you actually are, are bringing death to it mm. instead of life to it because you're not participating in what it was meant to do. When, when, whenever you are contrary to 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 what the father's doing then you're actually in your own you're in the flesh mm. not in the spirit yes yes you know, the spirit is spirit is about ring is to bring liberty and freedom it's mm. it's about yeah. you know bringing um people being set free because of the of of the, of the truth yeah and and um i i you know i think knowing the the season which the men of Issachar were very good at doing mm-hmm. is to be able to determine the times and seasons mm-hmm. and what the church or what the people of God should do within within that season. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about um, the fivefold ministry, when, when a teacher uh, understands that their main goal is to equip the people so that they can accomplish what's in their heart, they'll teach according to that. So they'll teach into a place of activation. A prophet wow. will, will prophesy into activation. Yeah. A a evangelist will will operate in mm-hmm. that activational place, or yeah. you know, the pastor will operate within that. When they don't understand that, then what happens is that they really are operating in half of their calling. So the gift can operate, but it doesn't have the effect the effect or the fruit mm. that. It was designed to be, um, which is, and I and I think discerning or understanding um, what is life giving and life breathing, and and that again we come back to prescriptive and descriptive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. something that's prescriptive in the right time, the right season, is life giving. Yeah, and something that's descriptive is, but yeah. when when they are when they're confused. Yeah, and they're not operating in their right way, then they don't produce the good fruit. They produce actually bad fruit. Yes, and you know what's amazing is I started to get this revelation of prescriptive and descriptive some time ago, and then I got so big on the power of prescriptive, right? So in other words, like it's grace that empowers, right? So mm-hmm. you know, so I so emphasize grace because it's prescriptive. It empowers. It equips all of this sort of thing. But interestingly, Jesus did say you should judge a tree by its fruit. And so now we actually have a lot of the body of Christ. It's really gotten the grace movement so strong, which is awesome, but they've actually forgotten the power of descriptive thought and the descriptive thought that can come in and say, Hey, actually Jesus said, if I don't do the works of the father, don't believe me. He said, do measure. But if, but if the measurement's not good, if the description's not good, let's get back to the root and let's get back to the prescription that will change that fruit. And so these things work together beautifully 
but it, but it's like you say, not confusing which one we're talking about at certain times. And the enemy is the author of that sort of confusion. And I really believe that in this era of wisdom, I feel it. God is releasing an impartation to the body of Christ right now. And I'm just reechoing this, that the confusion is going to be removed and clarity of thought is going to come in. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, Father, we just um, uh, add on to prayer mm -hmm. that Peter prayed and just release um, revelation, yep. understanding about prescriptive and descriptive. Uh, Father, we just release a, a power in people's life to bring connection, those yeah. things that are disconnected. Yeah. So again, we speak connection to um, so that they will be able to really go forward, just speak upgrade to these sorts of things in people's lives. We release this upgrade anointing, the impartation of upgrade. Mm -hmm. uh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in this season, in this time. Mm -hmm. Father, in, uh, in Jesus' name. Uh -huh. Wow, we've we've uh, we've really gone over time a little bit um, without Chris being here. Yeah, <laughs> um, certainly he probably would have kept us in line. Thanks yeah. Albert, for your comment and Kathy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, your mum had a good point up here. Oh yeah. To ponder the right question. Yes. Um, so that's uh, really good, and uh, I thank um, David Bassett. Chris's brother, mm -hmm. um, really some some good input. Um, so um, uh, great to be talking with you again today, Peter. Um, if you're watching Always. this um, live now or uh, in in the future, and you like what um, you see with this, then please like us. Um, please uh, forward um, this to other people. Give people other people access to it. Uh, we really appreciate that. We really thank you for 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 watching us. And uh, we'll be back um, this time next week on uh, Insight Now. So just really thank you for joining us and um, have a good rest of the day. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day.